What is going on, all my bourbon and boxing fans, man? Welcome back to another special edition of Bourbon and Boxing, man, where we're going to break down the big, big, amazing 2023 year that we had here in boxing, man. All the amazing fights that we saw, man. I'm going to throw you out my pound-per-pound list today. I'm going to throw you out my performers, my performance of the year, my fighter of the year, my get-back fight of the year, uh, my... uh, upset of the year we're gonna go over what was just an amazing year man and it took me quite a bit of time to go through uh and really filter through these fights man and go back and remind myself of what i watched and it was just so much to go over that i was quite amazed myself even doing my even doing just a little recap of what i kept going through man and uh I'd see a fight. Oh, man, I remember that fight. And I'd see another fight. Oh, crap. I forgot, almost forgot about that fight. But, I mean, that's how filled the year was for boxing, guys, is that there was oh, there's probably stuff that, there's probably fights on here that I forgot. There's probably a match that you guys are going to be like, oh, man, how don't you, how do you not have that one on there as one of your top fights of the year? Uh, things like that, man. But once again, man, I want to thank you guys for joining me on my show, man, Bourbon and Boxing. I am your host, Jeff, man. I kind of jumped right into it there. Uh, super excited, man. Uh, I want to thank everybody for joining me for my 2023 recap show, man, where we are going to go over the best performances of the year, uh, the best fighter of the year. Uh, I mean, there is so much to go over, guys. We saw some amazing fights, and uh, we're going to get at that and more. But as always, man, this show is called Bourbon to Boxing. And I told you guys, we started a new segment a couple of weeks ago where we definitely want to give our bourbon some love, man. And I came across something magical this week, man, that I got at the local Kroger liquor store. And, uh, man, for so let's get it started, man, for the bourbon of the week, baby. All right, we're going to review this week what's called Heaven's Door. This is Bob Dylan and another company that he teamed up with. And they came up with a bourbon that they keep kind of confidential. They don't really let you know what's in it, what, what, you know, what, where it's uh, made, anything. They keep it kind of under wraps a lot about it, man. Uh, a little bit about it, man. It's uh, classification as whiskey finished in a new toasted oak barrel. Uh, the company's Heaven Door Spirits uh, Distillery, unknown. They don't want you to know where the distillery's at. Mash bill is undisclosed. It's a three blend whiskey, of course, but they don't let you know what it is. It prices anywhere from fifty to sixty dollars, guys. Uh, depending on which one you get, it can get high up to seventy dollars actually with the rye brand. This is the double barrel whiskey one here, and I'm telling you what, man, I am super impressed with this bourbon, man. My review for it. Uh, I mean, my first initial thoughts were uh the boldness and the flavor man it just it really kicks out to you not overbearing not harsh you know what i mean not in that way but a very smooth distinct like you know I, i'd have to say manly you know grab you by the balls type of uh buzz you know great over ice sipping that's what i'm doing with it now guys sipping it over some ice man it's really good uh just sipping on it, and I, I'd have to say this is a very oaky bourbon. Has a little bit of vanilla. You can taste that in there. Cinnamon, of course, uh, but the oak really stands out in it, and not in a bad way, in a really, really good way for a man. This is a really, really manly bourbon right here. I love the taste of it. 
it's good. It's smooth. Uh, the buzz now, you got to watch it because it will creep up on you. So remind yourself to kind of take your time with it because it has a great buzz. Don't let the alcohol volume confuse you. I think it's around uh, 46%, something like that. Uh, don't let that. No, actually, this is 50 50 proof. So it's got a good little buzz to it, guys. Great smooth bourbon to set back and sip on, man, and relax to like right now while I'm watching or doing my show, sitting back, smoking my little blizzle over here in Ohio, baby, where it is now legal up and down the state uh, to legally and recreationally smoke your marijuana, man. And I do enjoy a little bit of my marijuana. But like I said, man, for our bourbon of the week, you can't go better than Heaven's Door. I give it 100 out of 100, guys. It's a very smooth, distinct, oaky bourbon, but it's it goes down well. Uh, it doesn't have an afterlinging spiciness to it or spiced, overspiced, anything. Very smooth, very well put together. Would love to know how they do it, all that, get more into it. Uh, would be cool. As you can see, I got a new riff distillery shirt on so maybe if some of these other companies would send me a shirt i'll wrap your brand too on my show so hit me up but anyways heaven's door made by bob dylan guys really good man let's get this down and then let's get into our special edition recap in 2023 baby and you can join me as we're going to set back we're going to talk about what we saw the best performances uh the best fight the uh, fighter of the year, my pound for pound list, man, my cut, get back. I mean, we're going to set back, and I, I just kind of broke down a list of things where I wanted to go with it. And it's my first year, man, so and maybe next year the list will be deeper and all that. But, you know, I just wanted to kind of get this out there for the year and get my last episode in for the year, guys. Uh, there is a fight this uh, Sunday, New Year's Eve. Uh, who is on that fight card this weekend? I know it's Ioka uh, versus Perez, Jos Jasper Perez. That's going to be on the 31st Sunday, man. I might just tune into that early in the day. It looks like it's going to be over in Tokyo, Japan, so it'll be nice and early for us to grab that and then just, you know, call it a day from there, guys, and have a great New Year's Eve with the beginning of the year with some boxing. Why not? And January is a packed month, man. Tons of fights coming up in January. Uh, starting out the year with Virgil Ortiz getting back in the ring, man. That's nice. That's going to be fun to watch. Uh, I'm telling you, 2024 is probably going to be a banger year. I don't want to get too excited, man, because boxing is that sport that it can pump you up and let you down. Uh, we saw that in 2022 when we thought we were going to get the fights we wanted, and we've seen it in the past where it's gone on a hiatus for a while because nobody wants to fight anybody. So let's hope it doesn't ever get back to that. That with PBS being on a new platform, that the sport can only go forward even more in 2024. And what I would love to see is a boxing reform to the point that there's start a league, man. Uh, something to where you can organize it to one organized sport. Uh, <clears throat> break down the belts per the division. Get rid of some of the belts, all that kind of stuff. Keep, keep belts, get rid of belts, all that. But, man, I think... A reform for boxing would be great. To get it out of the what I call the Wild Wild West, man, boxing is for sure 100% the Wild Wild West of all sports. It's a free-for-all, no real rules, no sanctioning body to really overlook anything. Uh, they do test. 
they're testing pretty strictly. But outside of that, the sport of boxing is not an organized sport. So let's hope it goes forward and being more organized in 2024 and reforming itself a little bit, guys. Uh, Teddy Atlas is really big about doing that. He's got a reform thing that you can look up on his site, sign. I've signed it already. I've advocated plenty of times on my show about it. And we'll continue to advocate for it in 2024. But, hey, man, let's take this shot of whiskey and get into our recapping of what we've seen this year, guys. Man, amazing year. Uh, recapped our bourbon of the night, which is Heaven's Door, in case you missed it. Good stuff, guys. Don't miss out. Very manly, very smooth, very distinct, oaky, vanilla. Very nice, very nice. Nice, well, well done, Bob Dylan. I don't know you, but good shit, buddy. Man, that is nice. Really sets well with you. But look, guys, check it out. Now, my my biggest thing is, do I start out and give you who I think my pound? We're at the end of the year. So should I start this out and give you my pound for pound list? And uh, I guess we should. Well, let's, let's start with the pound for pound, man. Okay, let's end the year who I think. After 2023, who I thought my pound-for-pound fighters were, who made the list, and who didn't. Uh, Of course, I think Josh Taylor dropped off the list, obviously. I think after Fury's, you know, performance against uh, Ngane, I think he kind of dropped off the list for me also. Uh, You won't find him on there for me. Uh, Who else did I drop off there? Or maybe there's a couple guys I don't have in there, like Benavidez, guys like that I don't have in there. Don't have any of the Charlo brothers in there. But uh, if we go from one top to bottom, I'm going to go number one overall is Terrence Crawford. I think he's the number one pound-for-pound fighter in uh, boxing. Uh, hands down, his performance against Ariel Spence, what who was the number one pound-for-pound at the time, was just unreal. Uh, what he did there was amazing. Uh, I don't think anybody had a better performance than Bud Crawford did in that fight. And possibly, maybe nobody had a better year. We'll get to that later in the show for the fighter of the year. But I'm going to go with Crawford at number one. We're going to go with uh, Inouye at number two. We've seen him unify for the second time in the uh, belt era, being the second person to do it. The first person, Bud Crawford, did it earlier this year against Spence in July. So, one and two. Easy, easy choice there. One and two. Terrence Crawford, Inouye, 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 whatever his name. I can't I, uh, get that out correctly. But I got uh, Canelo Alvarez at number three. Devin Haney at number four. I've got Usyk at number five. Uh, I've got Tank Davis at number six. I've got Jesse Bam Rodriguez, who I thought... 100, I know people might argue with me about this, but I really think this kid is something special, and he definitely deserves to be on the pound-for-pound pound list, going up and down and wait, taking on every challenge in front of him. Had a hell of a year in 2022, had a hell of a 2022, or 2022 and 2023 year. So I think he definitely deserves to be on this list. I thought last year he was right on the outside looking in. He needed to just... A little bit show, showcase more in 2023 for me to put him in there, and I absolutely think he's proven me right on that. Uh, big fan of Bam, Jesse Bam Rodriguez. I've got him, like I said, number seven. And then I got Demetrius Boval, who 
kind of didn't have a great performance against, uh, you know, uh, uh, Lyndon Arthur uh, as it showcased last week. But, you know, his division-wise, I think he's he's pretty good. Let's see what he does. Uh, I think if 2024 showcases him against <clears throat> Better Beef, uh, better be, better be, uh, then I think that's a good fight showcase with them guys together. Um, Shakur Stevenson, even though he had a lackluster performance in his last fight against Ellis Santos, I feel like, you know, if there was injury there, like he's stating, then, you know, that kind of showcase, that's not the type of fighter we've seen. That's not the type of fights that he usually puts out there. Now, he's not the most offensive guy, and he does play a lot of defense. He's not the most exciting fighter, but fighting fighter, but he's not that boring fighter either. That was showcased uh, in October. <clears throat> or November, actually, November 16th, that was showcased in November. He's not that guy. I don't really believe he is. I think he is one of the best out there. Uh, and when he gets healthy and comes back in 2024, I think he's going to put on a show. I think he has to. He knows he has to. He's got to start getting up there uh, name-wise, you know, to start selling tickets, to start advocating for being the best at 135, guys. Uh <clears throat> Of course, uh, at the end, I put Teofimo Lopez in there also, man. I think he earned his way back in after two stellar performances uh, this year, uh, showcasing his skills. And uh, I think he's really good at 140, man, and I'd love to see him and Devin Haney at some point match up against each other. I think that is the fight I want to see big time in 2024 as uh, Teofimo Lopez against Devin Haney. And, you know, that would be a great fight. Then you're going to get a pound-for-pound fight there. so I think that would be a great one, but I think Teo definitely deserves to be on the list of pound for pound. Uh, great performance, doing good things at the, the 140 weight, looks healthy. Him and Devin, I think, like I said, man, great fight, has to happen. But I'd also like to see more of them uh, take a chance. Who's going to be the guy who fights um, uh, Subaru, Subaru, Subaru Mateus? Uh, out of Puerto Rico, who's going to be the one that takes on that young man uh, at the 140 division? He's definitely somebody to look at in 2024, and who's going to who's going to take the challenge? Lopez kind of backed out and is now scheduled to fight. Uh, I can't remember, but he's scheduled to fight somebody. Uh, as far as I know, I thought that he had signed on to fight somebody. I'll get back to that possibly. But look, guys, now the fight of the year to me is so hard for me to really judge because we had so many amazing fights where every, they put on great, everybody put on great performances. And, I mean, just, it was so many, it was hard for me to really, really kind of choose, man. Uh, first on my list, I thought the Bam and Sonny fight definitely lived up to what I said all the way back when it was announced in August, I said that was going to be a hell of a fight, guys, right? I said, man, you can't miss out on that fight. You got to tune in. I was a big, big fan of that one. I you know, I talked about it uh, all the way up to when it happened in December, and it turned out to be a hell of a fight. And even though we saw Bam, in a way, dominate the later rounds of that fight, Sonny still put on a hell of a fight. And I think it definitely has to be on my fighter of the year list. I also think the Lee Woods versus Laura two fight uh, definitely has to be on there where we saw Lee Woods just absolutely dominate a guy that he had lost to earlier in the year. Uh, and I, I want to say a knockout fashion. And then it comes back to do the same to Laura, which was a great, 
fight. I think that has to be on there. I also got Lee Wood versus Josh Warrington, where we saw Josh Warrington completely dominating most of that fight. And then Lee Woods doing what Lee Woods does, coming alive when he needs to, to land big punch and lay out Warrington to get the win in that fight. Uh, I've got Taylor, uh, Chantel Taylor, uh, Katie Taylor versus Chantel Cameron, too, which I thought was a hell of a fight. That has to be on here. Those girls banged it out. Uh, Benavidez versus Plant, I thought was a great fight. That one went the distance uh, with Benavidez getting the decision, but he kind of dominated most of that fight. But Plant stood in there, man, and fought his ass off and showed his heart in that fight. Uh, and then, of course, Foster, Osaki Foster versus Rocky Hernandez, man. That was down in Mexico. That was just uh, a recent fight, man. And when I tell you guys that that fight, I don't know if there's any fight on my list. And I've got a few other guys on my list here. But this fight really kind of stands out. If you watched it, you watched what absolutely could have been the fight of the year uh, with Rocky Hernandez. They fought. The entire fight was great. Uh, Shockey did exactly. I think Shockey fought the perfect fight. If you go back and you look at how I recap that fight, you'll see that I thought Shockey fought the absolute perfect fight, man. Rocky Hernandez is a knockout artist. He's a heavy puncher, man. He sustained everything he could from Rocky in the early rounds and then got Rocky out into the deep waters and then took him to see if Rocky could swim. And guess what, guys? Rocky couldn't swim. Uh, but the 11th round of that fight was just... Absolutely, it's what legends are made of, guys. That it's what go back if you have to watch any part of the uh, Shockey Foster and watch the whole fight. I just recommend you watch the whole fight and let it lead you up to the eleventh round. That was just the most amazing round of boxing I've ever seen in my life. Where one guy is on, you know, Rocky Hernandez is he gets hit with a big punch. His legs are weak. He's wobbled. Looks like he's going to go down. And then he lands a big punch on Foster and a counter that sends Foster a little bit wobbly. But the two guys never stopped punching each other, even though they both knew that their legs were done, that one of them might go down. They kept punching, man. It was just an amazing round of boxing. It has to be the best round of the year. And it's hard for me to even go on with a list, to be honest, because if you, you can see my excitement about that fight, man. I really, I mean, it has to be the, to me, it has to be the fight of the year, in my opinion. Uh, but you also had Jaime Munguia versus uh, Sergio Dermachenko, which I thought was a hell of a fight. Jaime took some mega punches. He showed, showed he had a jaw. Uh, Dermachenko went at him like a tank, man, just like a little tank. Uh, exploding and just, oh my God, guys, that fight there was a banger. I felt so bad for Jaime McGee's grandma who was in the front row of that fight watching that fight, man. Can you imagine you invite your grandma to your first, she comes to her first fight to watch her grandson. And it's one of the most brutal fights that you could ever watch. And I mean, each one of these guys leaving this fight had to leave with a little bit of brain damage, man, because Jaime McGann took some huge punches from Dermachenko, who is, is a small little tank man, like I said. But Jaime came out of that on top and just, hey, that was his first tough challenge after, like, fucking 40 fights or some shit like that. Like, come on, dude, you got to start fighting some other people. How the hell is that Berlanga fight not already lined up? They are both with Matchroom. One's with Golden Boy, but they, they work on the same fucking platform. How the hell is Edgar 
uh, or Belanga not fighting Magia, but Magia's fighting John Ryder next. Like, that's the type of shit. doesn't make any sense. You challenge yourself with Dermachinka, but then take a... not J- John Ryder's not really a step back, but he's not Dermachinka. He doesn't have and, and possess the power that Dermachinka does in the drive. Dermachinka's a, a little tank, like I said. But John Ryder's not that guy. We've seen that. Uh, I think Jaime wins that fight. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe John proves me wrong. But... I also had uh, Frank Martin uh, versus, uh, I cannot pronounce, really pronounce this guy's last name. I think it was something like Herdonan. Uh But that was a great fight. A lot of people thought Martin lost that fight. I didn't think Martin lost that fight at all. He had his opponent in trouble several times. He was never in trouble. It was a great fight overall. Uh, a nice little banger there. And then, of course, he had Haney versus Loma, which was so close. That still right now to this day, months down the road, almost a year down the road, people are still saying that was pretty much a 50-50 fight. Uh, and it could have went either way. I think Devin Haney fought the perfect fight. And going to the body was just absolutely genius. Uh, no one had really done it, and he showcased being able to shut down, not only going to the body, but you guys didn't even see that. He had shut down the pivot that Loma absolutely has mastered, and it's a big advantage to him to be able to get around his opponent the way he does, to be able to open himself up for more, to throw bigger punches. And Haney was just going right, rocking right with him, man. He pivot, he pivot, he pivot, he pivot, he pivot, he pivot. He wasn't allowing him to get that advantage on him, man. I thought it was a beautiful fight by Devin Haney and that. I thought it was a great fight overall. Uh, I gave the fight to Devin Haney. A lot of people said, hey, they thought Loma, big, you know, people crying, Loma crying and thing. It was crazy, man. I thought it was too much. I thought it was a really close fight. Uh, for anybody to call it a robbery or claim that, you know, it was a setup fight, whatever. No, no, it was a hell of a fucking fight. And these two guys fought their ass off enough for me to put it on as a possible fight of the year for me. But look, guys, that's my list of fight of the year. Now, I was looking for some input from a few people, kind of getting some uh, ear shots out there, what people were thinking, uh, where where they were at with it. And I'm still leaning on what I saw with my two eyes with Oshaki Foster versus Rocky Hernandez. That was absolutely the fight of the year. Those guys banged it out. Uh, I mean, even though I loved what Lee Wood did in two of his fights with Warrington and Lara, that was amazing. He did it two times, so twice as impressive. But just what we saw with Oshaki Foster and Rocky Hernandez. And, you know, Foster going into the enemy's backyard down to Mexico to take that fight. I mean, come on, man. He took on a hell of a challenge, and we'll see him in the new year in February. Uh, time I had, can't remember who he's fighting. But, hey, um, I'll be I'll be tuned in no matter what uh, for Oshaki Foster. He puts on a hell of a fight, and that was definitely my fight of the year, guys. Oshaki Foster over Rocky Hernandez, who he knocks down in the 12th to end that fight. But the 11th round of that fight absolutely was what legends are made of, man. Uh, so I look forward to seeing more of Oshaki Foster and Rocky Hernandez, man. Both put on a hell of a performance, guys. But that is my fight of the year, man. All right, man. Let's go to... Now, I know a lot of people are waiting on this one, man. Fighter of the year. Now, today it was released by ESPN Ring Magazine. Now, I don't know if it's their vote or if it was the overall census vote, but uh, no, Noah, no, Noah. In a way, one fighter of the year. 
uh, and it's hard to argue that, you know, okay, it's hard to argue. All right, but earlier in the show, I said something about what Terrence Crawford did in his fight. Now, this was actually more pointed out to me by a guy, uh, you know, in one of the uh, groups that I'm in on Facebook. We were going, you know, talking a little bit of boxing, and he was pointing out what, you know, I had asked questions. What do you guys think? Who who you guys think deserves to be fighter of the year? And the way he pointed out what Bud Crawford had accomplished with that one fight, guys, that one fight. Now, you know, I, of course, had, you know, thought immediately in my head, you know, Benavidez fought twice this year, two big fights. Uh, in a way, fought twice this year, two big fights to unify his division. We saw Bam Rodriguez uh, become undisputed champion at flyweight, beating Sonny Edwards and what was an amazing fight, and then beating... Uh, Christian Gonzalez earlier in the year where he had gotten his jaw broke just an amazing two two amazing fights by him so you know I was leaning strong on those guys there to be honest with you man and uh even Anthony Joshua who's fought three times this year and he just got a little bit better and we really saw showcase he showcased a lot in that Wallen fight super impressed with that man what he did there so he deserves to be also on my list as a candidate all right, guys, these are these are all just candidates, man. And I was leaning more towards to say, hey, you know, I think Bam being undisputed, flyweight, just amazing what he's done in the short amount of time uh, that he's done it. Uh, but then, you know, man, I wish I could remember this guy's name. I'm going to give him a little bit of credit. Oh, microphone. Uh-oh. Hold on. I know what the guy is. My microphone's in a bad spot. Getting some static. Get static, man. Cause it, yeah, cause this is you know this is gonna a lot of static going here, guys. Uh, in a way, was awarded Fighter of the Year for unifying his division, uh, his second division in the four belt era, and being the second person to ever do that. Now, the first person to ever do it was Terrence Bud Crawford against Ariel Spence in June, guys. The first person, the first person. So how does first come second to second? You see what see what 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 we're getting to there? This guy pointed out perfect. I wish I could remember his name. I really do. In the moment, I don't want to go back into my things. I might actually be able to go back and look at his name real quick and give this guy some credit because he made a hell of a point that you know you can't come second when you were first. He was the first to unify the second division, and he beat a pound for pound fighter, guys a pound-for-pound number-one fighter in Errol Spence. On top of that, he made history in unifying division, beating a pound-for-pound fighter, and putting on what can only be described as a master performance, an absolute master performance. I mean, we watched, I mean, we watched in a way versus Fulton just that, that same week, if I'm correct, that same week on a Tuesday. And that had me like, holy crap, what did I just watch? Anyways, number one pound for pound, man, no doubt about it. He just put Fulton down. Like, he 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 demolished Fulton. It was amazing to watch, right? But then, not even a week later, Terrence Crawford goes in there and absolutely demolishes a pound for pound fighter, guys. Embarrasses him to unify the welterweight division his second division in the four-belt era, to be the first person to ever do it. Let's not forget that. And it's not his fault that they can't come to proper agreements for him to get to have gotten that Spence fight done by December 
like he had originally wanted to. Now, he did want that fight for December, but we all knew that there was going to be terms and uh, things like that, man. I'm going to get this guy's name for you guys because I think he deserves absolute credit. There it is, guys. Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing this right, man. But I'll, I'll even read to what, what he said. Fighter of the Year belongs to Terrence Crawford. Hands down. Uh, this guy's name is Patrick Vanillas. Fin, uh, Patrick Vanillas. All right. Fighter of the Year belongs. I'm sorry if I butchered your name, buddy. But Fighter of the Year belongs to Terrence Crawford. Hands down. Not only did he become undisputed champion, but he beat another undisputed champion to become undisputed champion. Crawford because the uh, became the first undisputed welterweight champion in the four belt era. We all knew that. That's history. He made it that night. In a way, became the second to do it. Since when is second better than first? In a way, beat a fighter with three losses. That's been knocked down. You know, that, but it's not all into the the whole comment. But this the first part of that comment was just absolute genius, man. It's a fact that if you were the first to do it, how do you come in the second to the second guy to do it? So I I have to give my fighter of the year to Terrence Crawford, who beat a pound for pound number one fighter. A unified champion to become an undisputed unified champion, the first to do it in a four belt era. So, absolutely, man, fighter of the year should go to Terrence Crawford. I'm giving it to Terrence Crawford. I don't know how much that means to Terrence, but Terrence, you're definitely the fighter of the year, man, even with just that fight. Because all week I kind of went, see, I did this list early in the week so that I could kind of contemplate it all week, man, kind of talk to myself about what I've watched. And really not because I'm a big Bam Rodriguez fan. So, of course, I would favor or side more towards a guy that I like, correct? But then you got to be, you know, you got to be right about it. You got to look at things from every every viewpoint. And the way that that was put uh, by Patrick basically summed it up that he was the first to do it. He made history. He beat an undisputed champ to become an undisputed champ. The first to do it in the four belt era. How do you come second when you were the first to do it to the second guy that did it? So it made absolute sense to me, guys. Uh, super impressed with that. But, yeah, so with that being said, man, it, it just had absolutely, hands down, no question asked, has to be Terrence Crawford, fighter of the year, man. No argument. Tell me what you guys think. Now, if you disagree with me, man, let me know in the comments what you think, who you think fighter of the year was, and why, guys. Put it down in the comments for sure. I'll reply back, like, whatever you guys you know, I mean, uh, I don't, I love people's opinion, man, because my show is a fan-based, opinionated show, man. It's all from a fan view. I'm not a professional, man. I'm not a professional uh, fighter, any of that stuff, man. I'm just a, a avid boxing fan who loves the sport. So everything I say just is opinionated, man. It's just all my opinion. You can disagree with me, and I'm not going to get mad about it. I'm not going to go boo-hoo and cry about it, guys. I'm just going to get my bourbon and start shipping. Okay, that last part might have been a little unnecessary. Oh, man, that stuff, I'm telling you, that is a man's bourbon. Oh, a man's bourbon. It's going to bite you and get you right by the balls, baby. Once again, I told you guys, sometimes I get a little Tommy Tourette's going. Uh... But look, man, that, I mean, like I said, that, that I had my list. Uh, you know, I told you guys who were on there. I choose Terrence Crawford as a fighter of the year. 
I don't think any doubt that he should be fighter of the year with what he accomplished, uh, who he beat, and how he beat him. Just, I mean, hands down. And that takes us to the performance of the year. Now, once again, going back and forth, because if I didn't have Terrence Crawford as my fighter of the year, and with me basically saying, look, the way he performed in that was just the, nobody, nobody did that. Performed in that much of a dominant way. We saw guys dominate fights, but not in that manner. So it's hard for me to say, hey, he's not the performance, you know, of the, he didn't have, he, he had the best fight of the year. He's the performance of the year. So I could say that, but I thought Bam and Sonny, you know, the way Bam beat Sonny, uh, a number two guy in that division, tough guy, good fighter. Uh, I thought that deserves to be as a candidate, Crawford versus Spence as a uh, candidate, in a way versus Fulton, in a way dominance over Fulton was absolutely amazing. What Davis, Tank Davis did against Garcia, very impressed with that. He deserves to be on the list. Benavidez, his performance against Andrade, uh, Andrada, and Andrada, Andrada. I don't know. He, he says just as long as you know who you're talking about, he does not give two who you're talking about. I don't have a sensor thing here, so I had to do my own sound effects. Anyways, guys, uh, Haney's Haney's performance over Prograce. I mean, come on, he moves up to 140 and completely dominates the you know one of the champions up there. Uh, I think, of course, you cannot leave off uh, Emmanuel Navarrete. He is my favorite fighter. Uh, you can't leave his performance against Oscar Valdez off there. Uh, he absolutely performed a clinic on Oscar. Just beautiful style of fighting by him. Uh, Oscar was a warrior and took that ass whooping, son. I'll tell you that. He took that ass whooping. But look, guys, I've also got, let's, uh, oh, shit, I didn't even tell you who I chose. I just kind of threw it to your side, told you my candidates, and I was going to move on. But look, guys, what do you guys think? Was Bam's performance enough to say, hey, that was the best thing I've seen all year? Uh, Crawford, I mean, we know. I think Crawford almost has an unfair advantage. Uh, so do I just kind of say, hey, let's, let's, do the obvious. It's Crawford. He nobody performed as well as he did against the level that he performed against, right? So it's hard to say let's not choose him or just leave him off the list because he he's deserving of it, man. Not to only be the fighter of the year, he's deserving of the performance of the year because of his performance and what he did in that ring. Uh, and he just it was beautiful, man. It was what they call the sweet science. He had a plan. He knew his opponent. He showcased that he's levels above. And we say it all the time, man. There are levels in this shit. Correct? Yeah. Let's applaud that. Levels in this shit, guys. 100% sure. Uh, Crawford is that level. In a way, is that level. Those guys, they're that level of special that once-in-a-lifetime fighters. I think Bam's working his way towards that level. Not quite Crawford in a way level yet, but he's working his way there. Uh, I think guys like Navarrete, if they continue on the path they're going, could, could be something special. Teofimo Lopez, you know, both of these guys were given super belt titles this year to be able to jump up and down to challenge guys and not be punished for it uh, as we see, saw the IVF strip. Uh, Crawford, who has a mandatory rematch clause. But they still stripped him because he didn't fight as mandatory. Just how the fuck was he going to do that? Breach contract and get sued. Anyways, but to me, I think 
with everybody I listed here, guys, everybody fought a hell of a fight, uh, you know, and put on beautiful performances. It's hard for me to just pick one, but I mean, the one that stands out is the obvious Crawford over Spence for performance of the year, not only fighter of the year, but performance of the year. And it's hard to tell you the difference. Uh, I guess the fighter of the year was, Hey, he put on the best performance and the performance of the year is he put on the best performance. Maybe I didn't think that one out. I don't know, but I shouldn't, I, I, th- I don't think it was fair to just leave him off there, so I didn't want to leave it off of there. So I, I thought, what the fuck? We're going to leave him on there. And it, it was too hard for me to say he wasn't performance of the year. Uh, I think runner-up in that, you can easily say that I think, uh, you know, I just, Ryan Garcia isn't as good as what I think he's displayed. And Tank is, he kind of showed that. Going in there, I didn't see Ryan as somebody who was special like a Spence at all or as good as a Fulton. Uh, that anyway beat or the level of a progress uh, that even though I thought he was an older and, you know, a little bit older in age, declining fighter, I still think he's better than Ryan Garcia. Uh, so that's what takes it away for Davis for me uh, as far as being runner-up. I'd have to say runner-up's got to be, for me, Bam versus Sonny. I just love the what Bam did against Sonny. Uh you know, banged it out with him in the early rounds and then just completely outboxed him in the later rounds. His footwork was amazing, uh, not allowing Bam or not allowing Sonny to run and escape, you know, get maneuver around the ring, not really run, but maneuver around the ring the way Sonny likes to do. And even Sonny said that, hey, man, his footwork was way too good. So I had to regame plan and go with a different strategy because of his technique. So to me, that tells you everything when another guy is telling you that, hey, man, this guy is something fucking special. Bam would be my runner up for performance of the year. So let's just do it that way. Crawford is the obvious performance of the year, fighter of the year. But we're going to do a runner up and we're going to give it to Bam so that it's not too much confusion on the list. So let's give it to Bam as runner up for performance of the year because everybody knows what Crawford did was just fucking amazing. Just amazing. All right, guys. Man, we got to drink some more fucking bourbon, bro. Wouldn't you say? Sip, sip, sipping on my bourbon. Boom, 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 sipping on my bourbon. Yes, guys. I am down in a, my dungeon. Check out my dungeon, my glorious dungeon. Where I can be alone and not bothered by kids or women. And I can talk my boxing in my man dungeon. I am man, hear me roar. Anyways, guys. uh, Look, let's get to our next category. Our next category is going to be upset of the year, guys. Now, we saw some really good upsets this year, but I got three main fights that I thought were three of the biggest upsets and we're going to choose from those three, man. The first one was, of course, Brian Mendoza uh, over Sebastian Fedora with a vicious knockout that sent Fedora nap-nap. Uh, Sebastian is a giant. He's huge, but Brian Mendoza is a big-time puncher, and he came to he came punching that day. Uh, great, great win by him. And, of course, uh, Zhang over Joyce, I think is... I'm not a big Joyce fan. Always kind of thought he was overrated. So it's hard for me to call an upset, but it is it is what it is. It was an upset overall, and he did it not once but twice, and he just did it with ease. He made it look really easy uh, in that. 
of course, what we saw a couple weeks ago, I think it was, it was just December 9th, if I'm correct. Uh, we watched uh, Espinoza defeat Robisi Ramirez. I thought that was a pretty big upset, guys. Maybe there's a few I'm forgetting. I didn't dig too much. I Just kind of what I remembered off the top of my head, the three that really kind of stuck out to me uh, as big-time upsets. So there you have it. Mendoza over Fendora, Zhang over Joyce, Espinoza over Robisi Ramirez. What would you guys think? I think it's the obvious. Espinoza over uh, Robisi Ramirez. A hell of a performance by him. A hell of an upset. Uh, bad loss. Big loss for uh, Robisi. Uh, but great win uh, for Espinoza. So I take that as my upset fight of the year. Even though, because I don't, like I said, I didn't see Zhang as really an upset over Joyce. But it's considered an upset. So it definitely makes my list. But I thought Brian Mendoza's. Upset over uh, Sebastian Fedora definitely was a good upset. Uh, that punch he landed was just absolutely gorgeous, guys. Definitely something beautiful to watch. I'd go back and watch that fight if you haven't watched it, man. Now, look, check it out. Now, I think this is one of my last categories on here. I'm not for sure. Maybe it is. Maybe it's not. But one of my last categories on here, guys, is called the Get Back Fight of the Year. Now, I'll explain that to you. Get back fight of the year means a guy who took a loss to a guy came back and beat him the same year. Okay, in the same year, not a year later, not two years later, the same year calendar. All right, we had three of those this year that really stood out to me. Uh, of course, we saw Colin Smith defeat Chris Eubank early in the year. Uh, dominated him, outboxed him. I don't know... Uh, uh, Eubank had uh, Roy Jones Jr. in his corner as his trainer, and he kind of came out with this goofy style, and Liam Smith caught him, knocked him out. Uh, so Eubanks went to Bomack, who I think should be the trainer of the year. We'll get to that. That's another category. Trainer of the year. There's a couple guys on there. Uh, but he went to Bomack. Bomack said, okay, let's do this. Got him back over there. Got the rematch with Colin Smith or Liam. Was it Liam Smith? Might have been Liam Smith. Liam Smith. But then he comes back and he absolutely dominates Liam Smith in the comeback and gets his get back, as I call it. Gets his get back, baby. There's nothing better than a get back. A guy he lost to, but then you pop, pop, come back to get back, baby. I love that. He's on my list. I thought that was a hell of a get back. Of course, you can't go wrong with Lee Wood over Laura, who he lost to earlier in the year. And pretty much dominating fashion, and everybody's saying, ah, Laura just comes over here and beats all these Brits up. No, no Brits can beat him. But then, but then, Lee Woods, he digs deep down inside his British soul, and he pulls out a win against Laura, who has been beating the shit out of these Brits for the last two to three fucking years over there in the U.K., and he redeems all of Britain with this one victory over Lara. So he's definitely got to be on the list, man. Hell of a fight by him that day. Uh, and then, of course, Venezuela over Chris Colbert. Jose Venezuela, just last week, I think it was, just last week, maybe the week before, got his get back, baby. He got his get back. He thought he won the first fight. I thought he won the first fight everybody thought he won the first fight, but they gave it to Chris, and then Chris was talking a lot of shit in the press conference, man. A lot of shit talking by Chris, man. Jose Venezuela, 
ended it in the sixth round with a vicious, vicious, vicious knockout. I mean, cold-blooded, over the ropes. Oh, Lord, somebody get this man a rag. Somebody call his mama. He got knocked up out baby and that's what jose venezuela did he knocked chris colbert the out baby knocked him slick out all right you see how i censor myself i don't need one of these fucking things to me i'll just censor my goddamn self even though i didn't there sorry but anyways i thought that was a hell of a get back that was a get back of a get back and he wanted to and you saw that as colbert's going down he took one more swing and colbert's dead out when he hit him with that overhand right he laid him out. You saw it in his eyes. Went back in his head. His body went limp. He started going sideways. And as he was going down, Venezuela said, I'm going to take one last punch at this man. And he got lucky, in my opinion, that he missed him, even though I know deep down inside he wanted that to land because this man had robbed him of a victory and then talked so much goddamn shit. And you saw it in the first round. He wanted to knock him out early, but it went six. And he got his knockout. He got his get back, baby. Got his get back. There you have it, guys, man. Those are my three get back fights. Who would you say got the best get back in all of that, man? Uh, let me say, I would have to go with Lee Wood over uh, Lara. Mauricio Lara. That's his name. Mauricio Lara. Because he not only beat Lara and redeemed himself from a loss earlier in the year, got his get back. But he got a get back for a whole motherfucking country, baby, because these Mexicans go over to the UK and they beat the shit out of these boys on a regular basis. And I know these Brits are like, God damn, we love our fighting, but we're tired of seeing these boys come to our house and whoop our motherfucking asses. I'm sorry, my language got deep there, but it's facts, man. Facts are facts. These, these, these Spanish-Mexican fighters come over to the U.K., and they make a living off these boys. So I have to say Lee Woods' victory over Mauricio Lara was definitely the get-back fight of the year for me. So he got his get-back, and the whole country of U.K. got their get-back, too, with that one fight, baby. So congratulations to Lee Wood on that one, man. Hell of a thing. Like I said, we're going to talk about our trainer of the year, and then we'll wrap it up here with you guys. Uh, I am enjoying myself with my bourbon and just kicking back. I would like to talk a little bit more with you guys. I might even make up some shit just to talk about, man. Just keep talking with you guys. But check it out, man. My trainers of the year, of course, you have to go with Bomac, uh, with the way Crawford performed and then the way we saw Eubanks perform. Also, I think what he did there just absolutely puts him above and, uh, and he deserves to be trainer of the year. I think Ben Davison is up there as trainer of the year. Uh, you know, so the, these guys you could put up there. Of course, Derek James has had somewhat of a rough year. He was trainer of the year the year before. Uh, he got some good things with Joshua winning earlier uh, this year, stuff like that, training him. Uh, Garcia getting his win, being the new trainer, of Gar, uh, Ryan Garcia. Uh, and he just got a win over uh, Oscar. Uh, yeah, I can't. Remember the guy's name, Oscar something, but he just got his uh, win over him, Derek James. So you could put him in that list. But I think Bo Max stands out with uh, the performance I saw by Chris Eubanks and, of course, Terrence Crawford. Both of them looked amazing, especially Eubanks getting his get back against uh, Smith. He looked really good out there. And I'd have to say Bo Max is definitely the trainer of the year, and he for sure deserves it. Bo Max, hats off to you, man. 
Hopefully all that stuff in the UK gets cleared up. All that gun shit, man. I know they don't play with that over there. Uh, hopefully you can get that all cleared up and we can get you getting Crawford out there and have his have the right guy in his corner uh, for his rematch against Spence, which should be coming up in 2024, guys, man. Look, check it out. That's another thing we want to talk about, man. Uh, some of these fights coming up in 2024 are already January holding uh, where we're going to see better Bevez. We're going to see uh, Orte- uh, Virgil Ortiz back in the ring. Uh, quite a bit of good fights going on in January to start 2024. And then, of course, you know we got the unified heavyweight fight guaranteed to happen in February. Uh, I want to say right around Valentine's Day, maybe. That fight's going on February 16th, somewhere around there. Uh, we call that a lover's coral. A lover's coral. Oh, these two guys are going to get in there and bang out their problems. Uh, that was gay as shit. I'm sorry. I apologize. Uh, but look, man, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Sometimes you get a little bit of bourbon and you don't know what the fuck you're going to say. But look, I think Bomac, and, and what we had with 2023, I said Bomac, the trainer. I'm still on trainer year, reversing myself. But look, man. 2024 should hold nothing but the best for boxing. We should get a Spence Crawford rematch. Uh, we should we should get a Canelo versus Benavidez match, and then eventually maybe a David Morrell versus either one of those guys down in the road. Should be tons of fights to make in 2024. So let's hope it all happens. We're hearing Ryan Garcia and Devin Haney have agreed to uh, a fight. Not sure how you know. Sure, that's going to be, but that's rumored to be uh, Lopez, rumored to be fighting in February. Of course, Oshaki Foster is going to be fighting uh, in 2024 already. So some good fights are already lined up, man. Definitely looking forward to that. Uh, and, man, I, I just want to thank everybody. I started this in uh, April of this year, man. Just decided, man, I, I wanted to get on here and talk about what I'd love to talk about, boxing. Uh, and then, you know, I, at that time I was calling it the Sweet Science and I decided, hey, I want to mix it up now. Sweet science is two, no, one, just corny, two, just overused, and I didn't want to be like everybody else. So I thought, how can I stand out, man? I put two of my loves together, baby. Bourbon and boxing. Where the drink is bourbon and the talk is boxing. Oh, yeah. Duff man. I'm going to get sued like a motherfucker by the Simpsons. Sorry. God damn, that is some good motherfucking bourbon, guys. If I had to tell you to go out tomorrow and get you a good bourbon for New Year's Eve, coming up, man, a good bourbon that you're going to love, you're going to thank me for, it's this right here, Heaven's Door. What a motherfucking bourbon, guys. Absolutely impressed with it. I've got to usually chase some of my bourbons. They got that little burning all the way down. This doesn't have that, man. It's got that manly taste, but it doesn't have that burn going down. So, highly enjoying that. But like I said, man, I can't thank you guys enough for tuning in. Anybody who tunes into my show uh, that I do on YouTube, Spotify, iHeart, Amazon, who I just recently started doing that within the last uh, couple months, just joined into doing the podcast version. I've been doing most of the time. I've been doing my YouTube version. Decided to call my show Bourbon and Boxing. Join up two of my loves, Bourbon and Boxing. Uh, give Bourbon some love. Give Boxing some love. And talk about what I love, man. And thank anybody for joining me. And if you could want to continue to uh, follow me in 2024, hit that like, that subscribe. 
follow me on my uh, platforms and I'm hoping to do a whole lot more stuff in 2024 as far as interviews, uh, catching some amateur events, collabing with a couple organizations, a couple other uh, podcasts, things like that, having interviews, just taking this to a whole nother level, guys, uh, and making bourbon and boxing, not just a name, but a brand, baby. And I can't thank you guys enough. Have yourself a great new year. I wish you guys all the best in all your endeavors. Uh, anything you're doing out there, man, just remember to keep doing it, man. I don't care what my views are on YouTube. I'm going to keep dropping my videos because this is what I love to do, man. Uh, and this is what I'm passionate about. It's my hobby. I'm a dad of four. So, you know, I need something to get away a little bit. And I use my bourbon and boxing as an excuse to do that. And I can't thank you guys enough for joining me. Once again, I'm your host, Jeff. And this is a special edition. The 2023 recap for boxing, baby. A hell of a year. Just absolutely amazing, guys. Take this toast with me, man. Enjoy your New Year's. Be safe. Don't drink and drive, guys. Be safe. Be smart, man. And I'll see you guys in 2024.